Hello, I'm your host, Jim McLean. Welcome to the latest edition of the Banderflix podcast. So in this episode of the podcast, we were down at the Board Gas Energy Theatre for this year's Dublin Comic Con. And we got a chance to speak to some of the cosplayers, attendees and stall holders at this year's event. So this is our showcase of this year's Dublin Comic Con. So I'm joined now by Sandra Kelly and you are here for Predators Ireland. Sandra, I'm seeing some fantastic props here. Tell me a wee bit about them. So... The bio helmets, some of them are actually moulded off of the original moulds from the movies. The Predheads themselves, uh, Brian himself makes the moulds for them, designs them. Some are based on characters from the actual movies and they're screen accurate. Others then he kind of gets a bit more playful and lets people customise them. So if you have, say like with the Elder Pred, he has the piercings and the scars, which would be his own piercings and scars. Then we have Spike, which is from the actual movie. So he's fully animatronic. He's the stunt one that was used in the movie. And he can move, spit, drool, do a few other bits, I think. Everything you want from a man. Everything you want them to do. He's very well behaved. He's nice and quiet sitting in the corner. I'll give him time. I'm, I'm rather intrigued by this. I mean, how kind of did this all kind of come about? Um, Brian is a huge, huge Predator fan. And he just, he got into cosplaying and sculpting, moulding, collecting, and it just went from there. And then how did you get involved with it? My boyfriend is one of the guys that runs around in a latex suit, dressed as a predator. And he just dragged me into it one day and was like, um, they can't really see in the suits, they can only kind of tunnel vision, so they have to see straight ahead. So they need someone to guide them walking in that. So you're walking alongside him and you have to watch out for the little kids or kind of direct them which way to go if they're moving towards certain things warn them if there's kids coming up ahead because some of the kids love them others are terrified how did he introduce that then to you? I mean I'm, I'm intrigued um, by that I mean I, li- I like latex you know can you have this conversation where how is this where is this going to go he basically just showed me the mask and I was kind of like oh god what did I get myself into <laughs> and the more I kind of hung around with the lads and was out doing things it just it's now second nature part of my life they're still trying to convince me to get into a suit but it'll take a lot of convincing because there's a lot of sweating involved well you see you've kind of preempted me there because it was slightly intrigued because there is a small matter of a a new predator film coming out later this year and we have a female predator now so we have the female pred head over there okay i shall take photos of that but i mean this has not attempted you at all to kind of get into the costume if i really really had to and they were really stuck i'd do it but nothing longer than a half an hour to an hour max because it's like a sweatbox in there. Can I ask? I mean, I'm, and this is just the way my mind's working at the minute. You know, getting introduced to someone who's into cosplay. I mean, how has been for you getting yourself immersed into that cosplay world? I kind of got thrown in the, the deep end. But I promised him for last year's Comic-Con I'd dress up so I was walking around here in a full-blown wedding dress as the Bride of Chucky. And it was literally a thrown-together thing. And now I'm like, okay, no, I actually want to fix this and do this and do my own version of her as well as the screen accurate version of her. So he's got me hooked. So you've been bitten by the bug. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued. I mean, 
what is it like in the preparation up to an event like this, to con, what is that like, again, living with a cosplayer? You don't sleep. <laughs> Simple as that. It's all go like you have to get. If they have the costumes here, like Brian's shop, you kind of, you know what they're wearing, you just organise which costume for which day. Simple. And then my job, follow them around, make sure they step onto the steps correctly, logistics kind of thing. If it was a thing like last year when I was doing Tiffany, it was getting finding the dress, getting the couple of phrases, poses. I was walking around with a Chucky doll at one point. As you do. Technically, he was my husband. Well, we'll not even go down there. <laughs> There's lots of things we could go down that way. But, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, I mean, how did you find that experience? Then? I, know you've kind of, I know we've kind of touched on it there, but that moment of kind of stepping out and cosplaying and into the centre here? You're someone else. You're not yourself. So you get to be... You're not you. You're the person you're portraying. So if you're a predator, you're a predator. You're acting like they do in the movies. So then that brings me then, what are we going to expect? What are you expecting then, not just as cosplayers, but as stall holders here from the next couple of days here in Dublin? A lot of costumes. A lot of different interactions with different people like you have the five of first who are massively Star Wars based so you see them and they'll go around they'll take pictures with everybody they'll talk to everyone they're very friendly same with all the other cosplayers there everyone is very welcoming so it's one of those communities where everyone's accepted it doesn't matter what fandom you're from whether your costume is professional or homemade made in five minutes or if it costs you a couple of thousand Everyone accepts you. Everyone finds some aspect that they will say, oh, this is, this is actually really good. If you ask for help, they'll help you. And any of the guests or anything like that you're excited for this year? Laurie Petty. Why she grabbed you. I've already been up in the press evening with her. She is as fantastic as everything I wanted her to be. So, I mean, what's ex- what, is, what is exciting about her for you? Because I'm actually just watching the new season of Orange is the New Black. So I've literally just watch an episode that she was in so it's nice to be able to kind of see her and then go back and watch the show and be like yeah I've met her same with Night Mage he's a cosplayer fantastic thank you very much Sandra and enjoy the rest of the con thank you thank you so I'm joined now by Brian Cramble from Predators Ireland Brian hello to you I'm, I've been talking to Sandra there a couple of minutes ago talking about this impressive array that's in front of me we'll have some photos up on our Facebook this of course is audio so talking about pictures and things that I can see don't really work but I'm intrigued as to how you got into all this fan of the movies which is pretty obvious if you you haven't seen it then shame on you Um, I was fascinated with movies and what it was when I bought a DVD said to watch a movie the first thing I'd do is I'd watch the second part how it was made and I was just more fascinated how the effects and the suits and the costumes were always produced um, was a big collector. I wanted. I always wanted a Predator costume. Eventually bought one, and over time things get very costly. So I was like, I, I'd love to have my version. My version doesn't happen because obviously what's in your head isn't what everyone else is going to picture. So eventually it was a case of I, I want to learn how to do this. My dog bought clay. What I did was an embarrassment, but we all start somewhere. And bit by bit, just over the years of playing with clay, picking up, learning, watching videos, tutorials, listening, talking to other special effects makers and prop makers you will grasp and you'll start somewhere as you progress you'll notice each and every sculpt each and every sculpt paint up you'll know little things you pick up each and every time you can see progress yourself bit by bit over the years and basically that was it 
I just kept going, kept going, kept going. No, I can look back at things I did, and I'm, I'm looking, saying, don't, don't even look at the photographs of that. Well, that's, but, you, you've kind of preempted me. I mean, looking back, like you've talked about the kind of the first time dipping your toe into yeah. kind of into creating your own course. Yeah. I mean, talk me back through that. The very first thing you decided to do, and and now looking back in it now. Yeah. Um, first thing would have been Predator. Predator's always been a big fascination. I got married actually wearing one of my Predator costumes. At the time. I got the groomsmen and everything else to jump in Predator costumes. And we got married on the 12th of June, which is the Predator anniversary of the movie. So, um, uh, even my I memory. just got married. I would love to have tried and walk that past very, my fiance. Very, very, very tolerant. I got cufflinks. I literally got cufflinks, movie themed cufflinks, and that was the only kind of thing I got. You got like, how did, how did you talk your other half into that? She knew what she was marrying, <laughs> to put it nicely. No, I, I'm very married to a very, very incredible woman who puts up with more than she should. And that was it. I kept saying I wanted to do it as a joke. And we came to the agreement because I'd only recently learned how to walk before I was involved in a bad, bad accident where I was wheelchair-bound forbidden. I was missing a good deal of the inside of one foot. Bad accident. Too long of a story. But that's actually part of how I got involved in what I was doing, where I went through a dark, dark depression where I was looking at the same window every day, unable to walk. And I was 23. I was like, I'm young. This, is, this isn't right. So it was buying props and that kind of what was keeping me going, that it was ticking over, even with the toys, the figures, statues, that was helping. And that was what it was costing money. And we did that at Marina, it was like, would you not try learn to do something, you know? If you wanted, if you're crafty, you could sit there and draw, draw something, try make it. And that was it, that's how it legit started. Was lucky enough to meet Carl, he was one of the owners of Comic-Con. We met online on the Predator costume forum. And it was just by chance, he just said, oh, Dublin, oh, part of Dublin, oh. We're only five minutes up the road from each other. So I actually met up and it was at the same time I was learning how to walk again. And over the years, obviously, our friendship's gotten stronger and more. we met more guys like Derek, who's the other co-owner of Dublin Comic Con. He was also on the Predator form. So you can kind of see where Dublin Comic Con originated from a Predator costuming group. So um, with that, it was I just wanted to do my own version. And it was picked up clay. Sorry, I'll go back to the wedding part. I know I'm, I'm skipping. Up no, you're okay. Here. Far away. Talk um, away. The wedding part was we made a deal. It was either I learned how to walk or she'd have to give me a jockey back down the wedding hall. And I, I'm a big guy, so there wasn't hope that was ever going to happen. And I was only putting her more weight, so that was never going to happen. So we were saying I'd love to get up, just just to do something wacky, get the guys suit up in the wedding. She goes, look, you, you're only learning to walk in. You're not going to be suiting up in a full costume. So we said, look, we'll throw on the heads with the suits in the hands and get a photograph. So we have the photograph, and the guys on the costume forum said, what you got to do is you're going to have to get a photograph of kissing you wearing the mask. I was like, that's sealed the deal. Whatever about the rest of it, get her to kiss you. So I said, all right, you did. And then my photographer beat me over the head with the wedding bouquet as well. So, But it was just something funny. And that, that photograph went global. And people look at our photograph and said, oh, we actually know your wife, not you, because we don't know what you look like. And that was for years. No one knew what I looked like, because you only knew the costumes. I'm just wondering, right? I'm yep. throwing this in here. I mean, I never expected to kind of have this end of this kind of conversation okay. when we started talking. I got married earlier this year. And I mean, I was just in a suit. Yep. And I was pure sweat yep. I mean it was a really hot day so I mean well, so, you know, I can only imagine on your suit then throwing that on I, I mean I have never ventured into cosplaying I mean you maybe a, a last exit t-shirt is about yep. as high as I get as, but as far as I get mm-hmm. so I mean I'm just intrigued by that you know kind of throwing on having the suit XYZ and then throwing that on for kind of heat levels it's an endurance thing the first time you put on that suit you will learn you will be shocked at how painful and sweaty and sore you will get very very quick it, it's an endurance level it's like anything once you start it's going to hurt keep doing it it's like a gym thing you go to the gym I went to the gym once and never wanted to go back afterwards but the more and more you do it eventually you get a passion for it you're like come on we suit up this week let's, let's go let's get in costumes to the point we'd randomly, randomly meet up I went down to shop dressed the full pregnant just by bottle of Luke's one day. the guys were like Carl was like come on let's go we'll run down just to do it just to get the suit on um, 
it's just it's fun. After a while, it just becomes second nature. We, we also do Ninja Turtle costumes as well. To the point that one stage we're like, what events have we got? Come on, let's. Are we do, who's suiting up? I'm suiting up. Let's go. And we'd almost look to change over suits just to keep wearing them. You will sweat. You're going to lose pounds a day sweat. Um, so always stay hydrated. That's the one thing. Anyone says you want water, you say no. Get the water at you because you're just going to sweat it back out as quickly as you can get it in. But you're better off sweating it where you're getting in versus sweating it where you got nothing left. Um, it's just fun. That's the logistics. It's it's a hobby that we love. That's become more than passion it's for us. It's it's second nature. What we dare do. I say the word obsession? Oh, you know, as it at what point at what point do you ever become aware that it goes from fandom to, to kind of hobby to obsession with a capital O? It is OCD, obsessive collector's disorder. Yeah. It is. There's no doubt about it. Um, like the, the Pred stuff is a huge part of my collection, but that's only a portion of what I collect. I'm into Transformers, Turtle, Spider-Man. That's the big four for me, essentially. But I'm also into Underworld Werewolf, so I got screen use costumes and props from there as well. And there's the expensive side of it. That's the worst part. It's the part where you're trying to figure out, oh, do I spend money on this or not? That's when you kind of have to go, okay, calm down, step back a bit. Because I've spent ridiculous money on some of this stuff. I you know I straight up spent stupid money on some things. You do it, either you regret it or just say, okay, look, I won't do it again next time. Um, once again, very, very taught of a wife who definitely puts up more than she should. Um, but everyone has a hobby. Like I don't, I don't drink. I don't smoke. That's when my money goes on props. Once the bills and the house is paid for, there's nothing else. You know, so it's it's whatever you're into. Like people go to football matches, travel the world, see the football teams. No, I'm a football fan as well. I'm lucky enough that I, I've seen my team once or twice only. But if I had a chance to do it every week and have the money, of course, I'd be gone. This Everybody is, has their yeah, thing. That's I, what I'm comics. Knows. I have to yeah. admit, I'm comics. I'm a big comic fan as well. I've got stashes galore of comics hidden away. But it is, and again, I collect the turtles, the predator, and all those type of comics. So it's when I'm into something, I'm really into it. That it does become an obsession where I'm like, I want something now, but just to say I have something. And being the prop guy who's into movie props, I look at a specific thing and I'm like, I want that thing. Now, I'm then thinking in the back of my head, yep. right? Because there's a small matter of the new the Predator, Shane Black's The Predator yep. coming out. I'm going to be sitting there enjoying that film, hopefully, yep. right? You're going to be sitting there potentially, whilst possibly enjoying the film, I want that, I want to make yeah, that, no, I want to do that. Because we, have a, new, we have a new Predator race as well, or kind of like a hybrid or a kind of new advanced Predator. Yeah. So, I mean, tell me now, I mean, just kind of, as the not only just as, as someone who cosplays and as someone... As a, as a fan of the series, yeah. oh, I'm looking forward to. It. I knew about this was coming for a while, so I've been just I've been getting. Plus, I'm lucky enough that I know two or three of the guys who've worked on it, sculpted on it. So seeing their work is like, I know fans of these guys in general. And this is long before I have to broke into Hollywood. I was just fans of what they could do, and to see them was kind of cool. I was like, I know that guy sculpted this. I watched him sculpt. Like, I didn't watch him sculpt. I wish I could say I did, but um, just to be able to sit down and see them, like, I know he did that. He did that. And I'm lucky enough where even through social media, that I've been able to contact and even chat to some of the guys who've worked on the movies because that's the goal. Like, they're the guys I owe my praise to. It's like, those are the guys who create all those endless hours of movie entertainment for me. It's the prop makers and the sculptors and. But there's so much more involved than just those guys. Then you got your fabricators and you got guys who run every different division when it comes to making a movie. But without that, that movie's not getting made. So, you know, everyone's like, oh, I like the movie, oh, the actor made it brilliant. There's a lot more than just the actor. Now, there is obviously naturally some phenomenal actors. And even the new cast in Predator, I'm like, some of these guys are good and I'm fans of their work. So, I think it helps when you've got actors who you like in the movie that you're, you're good, you're happy about. You got some pretty cool looking new movie designs as well. So, it's. Adds more to it. It's basically sit back, put your feet up, and enjoy. Fantastic. Well, we shall have to yeah. leave it there. You are a very busy man. Sorry, thank you for an absolute no pleasure problem. to meet you, man. You thank too. you. Thank you. So I'm joined now by Brendan from Fight Night. 
I'm intrigued by this. This has caught my eye. I've been walking around a couple of times, Brent. Tell me a little bit about this. Well, we're a group called Medieval Armoured Combat Ireland. We do full contact fighting head to toe in medieval armour with steel weapons in our hands. One way I'd describe it is if you imagine Conor McGregor with a sword in his hand and less of the attitude. The name is catchy, Fight Night, and then we see the costumes. And then how this, so that's kind of cosplaying with a bit of Conor McGregor style aggression thrown into it. So how did you get into this? Well, for us, this, this is a, a proper sport. So we, we go to international tournaments doing this. And how I got into it was I actually started out studying archaeology and I was studying weapons and armour. And it was a, the next step was to, to put on the armour and start swinging around the weapons and learn from there. So I've been at it about six years now. I've been to four world championships representing Ireland and uh, the sport's pretty new here, but we're, we're growing it regularly every day. Now, yeah, I can see here, now I can see behind me you have a couple of dates, 29th and the 30th of September, at the Clare Galway Castle. Tell me a wee bit of what's going to be happening there. That's, um, we call it the Clare Galway Castle Shield. It's our big international tournament. So we've got about 30 or so fighters coming from across the world. We've got, uh, at the moment, we have UK, Norway, South Africa, USA, and Canada confirmed as bringing fighters over to us. So there might be more to come as well. And we have a big Irish contingent. It's two days packed full of men and women battering each other with, with swords, shields, axes, the whole lot, as well as music and magicians and who knows what else will happen on the weekend. Something for everybody. For anyone listening who maybe wants to find out more about yourselves or wants to find out more about this, how can they do so? Where can they find you? They can either go to armouredcombat.ie or they can look us up on Facebook. We're facebook.com forward slash irishcombat. Brilliant. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. So I'm joined now by Agent Delta, a.k.a. Damon Mallon, who I know from Belfast way. You're down in Dublin. I know you're here for the con, but yes. how have you found your experience this year? It has been amazing. I've been coming to DCC for, I think, three or four years now, and every year it does get better. Um, I do like the building, the atmosphere, and the people are very receptive to the costumes. You know, I mean, obviously I still do like being home in Belfast, but it's nice just to come a few hours down the road and see how different things are. But overall, people are amazing. You know, I was Mr. Bean yesterday and people loved it. So, you know, it's always the reactions that I live for. Who doesn't love Mr. Bean? Now, you, you've done a costume change today yes. already. I mean, now you're Jubilee. Yes. Talk me through, from, from say, last year's con to yep. now, I mean, do you sit down and what stage do you start to think about your, your costumes, your cosplay for DCC? It is honestly like usually as soon as the con ends, I'm thinking of next year. <laughs> it sounds stupidly prepared, but like a lot of my ones are very simple. But I do have like a provisional list of ones that I want to do. So what it'll be is like next year, you know, if this one does require a bit more craft, can I realistically have it done by next year? So uh, I will um, usually have a provisional list, and I'll be like, yeah, I'll get that one at this con, this con, and this con. But yeah, usually it's like a week or two after the con, and then like for instance, Mr. Bean, for example. I was looking around charity shops throughout the year, just every time I was in town for a jacket, but it was £3 in a charity shop, and then I got Teddy last year for €5 Euro at DCC, and then the rest of it was lazy, but it worked. So, yeah, about a year in advance, to answer your question. We've kind of mixed kind of responses to the con up, up back home. So, I mean, how for you, I mean, how long have you been coming down to Dublin, and how every year, what, what brings you back to um, Well, it is the atmosphere. Um, I think, like I say, I'm pretty sure this is the third DCC that I've been to, I've been cosplaying for nearly five years now. Um, it was just sort of the, you know, get out of my comfort zone and travel a bit further because I was doing Belfast cons, but 
you know, anyone that follows cons will know they're kind of in a flux at the moment. You know, there's some that are dying out, some are still trying to go, and, you know, the only still reliable one is QCon. But um, it was just to sort of go a bit further and see, you know, what, what's it like down south to see? And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy it started coming down here because it is an amazing atmosphere down here. And talk me through then, because I know you have to head home. How have you found that, the cosplaying community down here? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's really, really interesting. Because, um, uh, again, it's just how I make friends, because... As myself, I am really like, I'm a loser. It's really hard to make friends, I'll admit. But whenever I'm in cosplay, I find it a hundred times easier to talk to people. So, again, like people sort of, you know, the stereotype is nerdy people are losers. They don't talk to anyone. They're really quiet. They're shy. But see, once you get someone in cosplay, you could walk up to strangers you've never met before. But if they're from the same franchise as you, you can start talking to them and that'll be you set for the next, you know, next hour. And there's people that I've been meeting one for like a year. And it feels like I've known them for about 10 years just through this hobby. So... It's an amazing thing, and if you're if you listen to this and you're like, "What the hell is it?" Honestly, try it once, or even just come to a con and see how people get on, and I think you might understand. Fantastic! I shall let you get on, Damien. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. So I'm joined now by Jason from Dublin City Comics. Jason, we we're coming to the end of the two days of the con. How has this year's event been for yourselves as retailer stallholders? How has it been? Oh, weird, quite different from other retail stalls which basically who just want to make a few quid and pay the bills and advertise and stuff. We come here for the fun of it, the ambience, because we're fans and collectors ourselves. So And make some money along the way. Oh, and pay a few bills along the way, obviously. And make, just make sure, like as you can see around you, people going home, happy faces, happy smiles. So we've, we we spe- take the bit of time to have a bit of interaction with the customers, a bit of laugh, try not to force too many things on them. Like this guy here just spent like a grand on figures and discounts galore but basically he's been coming onto these shows so we reward people like that and make sure to go well go back with at least stuff but it's an advertisement for the shop at the end of the day and then we, that's why we, our style looks a bit different from other shops we want to try having the party atmosphere and the kind of fun that we have in the shops so it's the idea of like you like what you see here come in and have a chat with us in the shop and we get a lot of new customers and new friends through that as well can I ask for yourselves how big an event is the con because I mean I, we follow you on social media on Instagram yeah. and we've seen kind of a lot of kind of build up to this for yourselves like I mean what is the the Dublin con for you how big is it for yourselves uh, for us ourselves as a, we're, we've been with the guys since day one they were on the they, were, they came into us um, at the very beginning when they were going to announce it and we were only, only one of the shops who actually agreed to go to it without actually seeing any uh, football or what they had planned we said no we're in we're in with you because we were like under, not underdogs we're just we do things differently to other shops we're kind of like the animal house party animals type thing and just the, the wild cats the the whatever you want to put but the renegades even so uh, basically we've been with the boys since day one and advertising then after a year or two after that more shops are coming along the other local shops supporting them and now as you can see there's a queue of people to try and get their stalls here and everything else but for us it's, this is the big one each year this is supporting local lads and trying to it's basically a bunch of lads a bunch of fans not like a corporation or a big company and inviting spending money to try and get these guests in to entice people and it's a, it's a delicate balancing act of guests and who's losing appeal and stuff like that and then having to pay for these people because people are like oh I can just go and meet these people so no the reason you're paying them is this what they're doing between their jobs but the lads have to cover make sure they're guaranteeing all this so renting the building there's a whole lot of overheads that go into it like you don't see it now because people are here smiling it's like a big party but as you uh, know it's trying to organise a party you got to get the help with the venue get the guests make sure everybody's invited and uh, stuff like that as well and just get everything in so the fun part is it's always a big lead up into it uh, trying to get the information out there and then setting up on the day like the touristy Friday beforehand and then in an hour's time we're going to be stripping all this down and then probably here till midnight helping the lads strip this place down as well so for us it's not just kind of a pack up go off and then come back next year it's kind of we know the guys we help them out in extra hands because it's volunteers and that's what's really behind the thing it's just a, it's a community basically 
Talking of community, earlier this year, of course, we saw the, the Anime Con arriving here as well by the same organisers as well. For you, is that going to mean what was once an annual event, now kind of biannual? I mean, for yourselves, how important is that to have that more kind of specialised type of con that we have rather than the general free-for-all that we have here? It was kind of an experiment because they tried KCON down in Kerry last year and we're hoping that turned into a yearly thing as well, but just the venue and just uh, logistics and things didn't work out. Then they tried to do Anime Con and then um, to try and stick it just anime but a lot more people but as it came closer to realise it's um, more of a hybrid it's supposed to be like say 80% anime 20% from just for, but this is just from what I think of it and then it just kind of graduated into more of a kind of 50-50 Dublin Comic Con so I don't know what future um, I think they are planning to do uh, kind of mar- more March events so twice a year so you might see a stripped down version of Dublin Comic Con or it might be a full on I, I don't know honestly but more venues with the lads uh, or more sorry more events with the lads behind the wheel and stuff like that we'll definitely be supporting them and be here um, logistically wise just means get, making sure we get stuff in and everything organised and things with two shops now we opened the second shop store there in October it'll be a year old in October and then our other store will be seven years old in, September, in October as well so it just means we now have the resources um, and we can actually bring a lot more stuff because we have all our stuff out on display in the two stores so uh, um, it's it means we get to bring all our stuff. We'd love to have a van, like an old ship van type thing, and just roll up and do it. But getting the set up, getting all the things, a lot of hard work goes into it, but it's fun. There's a big payoff, not just financially, but just, as you can see, all our staff are just happy around. They love all this sort of stuff as well. They live for it. So we have no shortage of volunteers, but we take care of them all. And I say most of the places in here are the same as well. Can I ask, like, generally this year, any of the guests that have, have really grabbed your attention, anybody you've been keen to get up and try and... When you've got a chance, or have you got a chance to get up to get any autographs? Uh, well, I, I know some of the, the people take care of the guests, so it's just like when someone has a few minutes, can you, if you're passing by, give me a heads up. So we've had Nick Frost down here earlier on, got a few photographs from him, had a bit of a laugh from him, and then I got uh, had my own edge from Sean the Dead figure, he signed the back of it, a few pictures. So, but again, again, these guys are here to make money, so I go up and make sure I paid for it as well, if you even do something. Um, because we use the photos on social media it's all like it's, it's basically it's a networking thing like they get advertised we get advertised as well so there's, there's, there's a business side to it as well but um, yeah I was a bit disappointed when Carl Urban got cancelled so am I yeah he could come a, he, I, from what I know he did want to come so it's scheduling wise so he could come to a future event but con, for, for a convention like this each year there's been at least one if no cancellation that's a good record for any convention We've, I've, known, I've been to New York Comic Con a few other things around the world where half the guests didn't even turn up and there was one time I could have met, I met Adam West and Kevin Conroy that's where we got his details and Val Kilmer so it's like three Batmans in one day but Val Kilmer cancelled at the last minute so you wouldn't. It, it's, it's good enough that the guys got here but everything seems to happen with Nick um, Lachlan Monroe as well Peter Macon and Michael Doran as well so there you go we're coming to the end of it so people are still coming out to the, the, the dealers room trying to get last minute bargains and stuff like that so uh, in a few minutes it'll be a bit of a come down we'll We'll sit around, have a can of coke, just take a few minutes to relax and then start packing what's left and get ready for next year. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Susan. No problem. See ya. So that pretty much brings this episode to a close. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe however you get your podcast and fix to make sure you never miss another episode of the Bantflix podcast. We have new episodes every Thursday and Saturday. And if you're a newcomer to the podcast, you can find our complete back catalogue on our website.